In 2017, at the age of 22, Andrew Gottslick decided commercial insurance was not the gig for him, but basketball could be. Sinking those the hoops. Story of hoop life. This is the other 18. Dive in as we sit down with inspirational leaders who share their origin stories about the highs and lows, the yeses and nos, the wins and the blows of entrepreneurship. Welcome to The Other 18 with your hosts, Shane Chapman and Bryce Walanyuk. How are you feeling today, Bryce? Oh, we're back. I'm happy for this one. Good. Have you gotten into your uh, like pumpkin spice lattes? Is it that time of year for you yet? Mm, no. I don't like pumpkin spice lattes. It's not ever a it's thing for It's never you? a thing for me. Is there such thing as like a pumpkin spice wine? Uh, yeah, and it's not very good. No? I wouldn't think it would be. No. Uh, anyway... We've got Andrew Gottslick here today from Hoop Life and Citrus Technology. We'll mention both those. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming. How was the drive over? Man, it was good. It's snowing a little bit. but I, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hey, late October. Yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> I, I, used, I used to, anytime it, it snowed, I, I, like, no, one likes, no one likes being no. cold, right? No. But I switched my mindset a few years ago. No lie. So now every time I see it snowing, I'm tricking myself. This is good for business. So I literally have told all my friends, all our employees, this is good. This is, this is a good thing that's <laughs> happening. This is a good thing is happening. And I'm I just like, no. And, I, and I'm trying to bullshit my mind into <laughs> into believing that. I so. think I think I should start that. Yeah. I don't I know think about Shane, thing. though. With the deck shop well, and snow. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of trickery to convince yeah. me this is a good thing, but... But no, even during our last recording of the podcast with Dandies, yep. um, she had mentioned, because she was from Columbia, and she had mentioned that she had kind of, she kind of loves the seasons, and she yeah. appreciates it, yeah. and like the cold, she doesn't mind it as much anymore, or whatever, and and I was going to say, and I didn't say in that podcast, it's totally a state of mind, man. If you look mm-hmm. up the, out the, you know, look up the weather, and it's minus 30, and you decide that you're going to be grumpy about that. So true. Well, then, yeah. you're yeah. just grumpy all day. Yeah, so like, true. Cold's not, I don't find cold to be that bad. Put your jacket on, and then... Exactly. Yeah. And a toque and some, like, <laughs> if you yeah. dress for it, it's not that bad. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I scheduled command start in my car for next oh, week. Oh, okay. Right. So I, <laughs> yeah. I mean. So you're not that hardcore. I'm, no, not that hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try, I'm trying to have that mindset, but I mean, <laughs> earlier this week I woke up and I was like, yeah, I've done, I'm 26 now. So this is my 10th, 10th year, I guess, driving. So I'm like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do 11 without, without command, command start. start? So, mm-hmm. Oh, this is a first. Like, this you just got it. Never hooked. had it before. I see. Yeah. I see. I thought you meant you, like, you said programmed. And I was like, oh, oh. you, like, auto-programmed it? Just <laughs> like, no, I he scheduled it. You just got it. <laughs> yeah, it's just scheduled it. So next week, I'll have it. Well, you're going to enjoy that. I can tell you it's thoroughly good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks for stopping by today, Andrew. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I've loved watching your brand and company throughout the number of years here you and i have sat down before um and it's been a fun one to watch and see kind of you grow and it's such a like uh unexpected story maybe it's Mm. like what a basketball academy school thing like in regina (laughs) but it's really cool to see that it's like it's really grown into like a legitimate force so i'm excited to learn more about it because i like i only know the surface details and so we'll get into that today yeah so you're 26 Mm. you're like that's young because you've been doing this for a while already, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, since twenty since twenty seventeen, that's when that's when I you know quit my my day job working in commercial insurance under my <laughs> at my family's old firm, and so that's when I decided, all right, let's let's do this. So yeah, so I'm almost I kind of view the 
a lot of my friends that are they're also entrepreneurs we kind of talk about this five-year window and if we can make it five years yeah if we can make it out of that five years then then we're in this and so i mean i'm almost at my five years mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, i mean i'm looking forward to that but yeah no, it's, it's been an incredible journey like i mean we with with hoop life um i we started i mean i've, I've loved basketball since i was a kid my, my favorite sport by far um i've i've, I've just I've, I've loved it and so um after high school, I, I was able to play um, a little college called Miller College of the Bible. So I was able to play there for three years. And as I was there, I came back in the summer and I had four months with nothing to do except sell insurance. <laughs> so I was like, damn, how can I find two or three weeks where I can not sell insurance and, and be <laughs> in the gym more with basketball. kids? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what, so, so that's kind of how it started. And so we started with one week and then every, 2013 was actually the first time I ever hosted a camp. And so... Uh, we started with one week, and then we went to two the next summer. Dude, you were the next summer. You're not, it, I'm just doing the math. Yeah, yeah 2013. Exactly. So yeah, so you're supposed to be going to camps, not hosting the I camps. Know. <laughs> it was yeah, it, it was great though. I mean, and we it was it, man, like I I never I, so I haven't gone to business school, but the uh, the the process we went through from 2013 to now, it, it's. I can't like, and this is what I would tell every young person. Like if you need to go to school cause you don't know what you want to do, then yep. they, nothing, nothing against it. And, and a lot of people have been really successful living out of school. But if you have an idea, like, like fuck school, right? It, fuck school. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's just do it because yep. in the last, since 2013, like since we've, we've gone through all these things, this has been the, the, the best teacher that we've, that I've oh, learned yeah. and, mm-hmm. and looking back to when I was 19, like I was, did, I knew nothing, but it's all good. Yeah. Cause in, all the failures taught me. So, yeah. So, I mean, we started then. Um, and then, uh, as I was, you know, I got, got married uh, to my wife in 2015. So that was, that was great, which took up a ton of my time, obviously. <laughs> and so <laughs> getting married or getting a wife. Yeah. <laughs> Both, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but they go hand in hand, I find. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, so as soon, I mean, as soon as I got married, that's kind of when it, it really set into me that I, I love, business i love entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and and I, I really enjoyed i mean I, I was working at harvard western insurance in in regina here and i mean the, the the greatest company the greatest culture i mean i have nothing but incredible things to say and they have been i kind of grew up in the firm because it was a, okay. a firm my grand my grandparents owned and then harvard western purchased them so they had their successful exit to hang, oh, wow. out, hang out in arizona every year for the last nice. the last 12 years um and so uh, working, working for, working for Harvard was, 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 was a great opportunity. And then after being married, I was like, okay, um, here's this, I, I had a few things I was, I, I was, I knew I was going to jump into something. I didn't quite know. Like I was, I was, I was in nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was really interested in like day trading and I was like, I maybe, I, I mean, I was, I was trying to create watch lists at night and I was trying to learn. I didn't know shit. Right. But I mean, <laughs> I was trying, my, I was trying my best. And so I was creating, creating that. And then, and then I had this camp on the side. And so, and so then it just kind of hit one, like we, we had more kids. We were doing like four weeks in summer and right. we did a fall camp and, and there was all these kids and I was like, Hey, this, this could work. And so then, you know, came up with the concept of hoop life and right. the name. And so it's really, it, it, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but the, the, I think basketball and sports can teach kids so much mm-hmm. and, it, and it's, I, I put extracurricular activities, youth programs, I put it next to the school systems in, in importance for child's development. I think it's so important for kids to get out of the, because when they're in school, it's like, you know, 
it's the the teacher is is, is that kind of authoritative yeah. figure when you're in extracurricular it's a little looser mm-hmm. and the kid has a bit more chance to become who they become like did you guys both go to camps growing up or youth programs of some sort no I, I'm not only, a youth program kid. I, I was yeah. I was born on a cabin basically and wakeboarded my entire youth. Night. Nice. Okay. So I like, did a couple basketball camp because I did play basketball in high school as well and did a couple uh, Peace Gardens basketball camps. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, no, no summer camps. Yeah. No, really? Anything, just basketball camps. That was it. Okay. Two years of basketball camps. That's it. Okay. So something. So it's something. Something. But checked. but <laughs> yeah. be, like but. So I I know you're heading with that. I do think that those like camps are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I those were two of my funnest summers I've ever had was going to basketball camp with my buddy and like, and I do think that I looked at it for my own kids. Be like, we need to send these kids to summer camp. Like let them go do something and meet right. new people and do fun experiences and get away from the city and whatever else. Right. But so totally. Yeah. 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 And so I mean that that kind of this long rabbit trail, but like that that whole concept just I mean we we love what we were doing, so we decided to to quit yeah. selling commercial insurance. And then we launched Hoop Life, and the whole idea with Hoop Life was to help create kids, help kids be successful yeah. and use basketball as a tool to do that. And so our plan with Hoop Life was to, you know, successfully develop, a, you know, a, a template for what a training center would look like. And so in Regina, I mean, we've we've really done that in yep. in, a, in a great way, and like the team we have is is incredible. The coaches we have, the the the, the, the dynamic is pretty cool from what kids have gone through, and so um, that was that was a you know a, a big start. So I mean, our our end goal with Hoop Life though is we want to create Hoop Life centers, and then we so I mean right now we're we're very close to having our own facility within mm-hmm. Regina, and so. Um, we're, we're hoping for next year that that that'll be a reality. And then once we can, I mean, our, our systems and processes we've imp- implemented are pretty, um, you know, robust to start. And so we want to continue that. And then our, our main goal would be to plant hoop life centers all over the place. Cool. Very so cool. We'll see if we can do it, <laughs> but yeah, yeah right. that's, 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 that's what our, our big goal is. So, so let's, you, let's, sorry, go ahead. No, that's what I was, I was going to say the exact same thing you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Let's roll this back. Is that what you're going to do? That's exactly oh, what I was going to do. Let's roll this back a little bit. You come out of high school. What did you ever, had, did you consider the post-secondary path? Like what, so you didn't really know what you were going to do. You're selling insurance, but so what was behind the decision to not go to school yeah. after school? So what Regina high school did you go to? I went to Regina Christian school okay. and from pretty much my, my whole life. And so um, I actually wanted to go to business school really bad. And my dad I'm, I'm going to say this lightly. You know how a relationship father-son is. He he forced me to go to Bible school. Okay. <laughs> so, so he for, he forced me to go. I mean, he, he told me, you go you got to go for one year, and um, and and then I'll pay for all your post-secondary school. And so there's all kinds of things. And at it's 18. It's a job. I, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go. And um, ended up just meeting some really incredible people there. I learned a lot. Um, was able to play basketball there um, and just, yeah, met some really great mentors and, um, and, and it was, it was a great experience. And so never really saw that was three years that I went there, but um, the, the coming from a family that, um, you know, my grandfather just being in business and then yep. watching him exit and, and, and seeing just, you know, the, the benefits of that and just always being interested in it. I knew I was going to do something. Um, just didn't really know, what and, and then when I when we got married like I, the plan was again then 
to, to, to go to business school. Cause in my mind, I'm like, Hey, if I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to make a lot of money, I have to go to business school, which is not the right. truth now, but yeah, at the no. time I didn't, uh, I didn't really process that information here. So. Like you think you would have gone to like the U of R or U of S or something. Probably if you, yeah. if you were kind of choosing your path. Exactly. And yeah. so you went, sorry, you went to, um, Christian college where? It, it's in a little town called Pamburn, Saskatchewan. So oh, it's okay. about 45 minutes away from Swift Current. Yeah. Like very tiny. The only thing yeah. in the town is the, is the school. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I know where that is. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, I don't. <laughs> it's just around Swift Current. <laughs> so what, what, uh, who are you playing? Like what's, who's, who's in the league there that you're playing? What schools? Yeah. Well, the league we were in, I mean, it was it was not the greatest league. I'll put it that way. It, it, this is not some like it wasn't high <laughs> up. I mean, I, as much as I loved basketball, yeah. I'm, I'm no me- like it was no means uh, like anything close to like the University Cougars style of, of right. playing. So we played in a league called ACAL, which is a league underneath of the ACAC, which is where like a Briarcrest or Lakeland yeah. College would play in. Right. So I mean, like uh, it it was all Alberta teams that. Okay. For, for the most part, that, that we that we play that league's actually demolished now. It's, it's, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't even around. exist no, anymore. It exist. But I loved it and had a passion for it, and, and that made it fun. So yeah. it was yeah, like it was it was great. And I, if it, if I didn't go there and I went to business school, who knows if I would have done hoop life? Because uh, I probably wouldn't have continued playing basketball, mm-hmm. and I probably would have lost passion for it. But because I could go there, and I mean it was just it was fun. Like yeah. three straight years of just being in the gym for four hours a day, like that was fun. Yeah, and so to be able to just harvest my passion for basketball and then come back and be like, well, I want to do business. Yeah. I have one thing I kind of know. <laughs> so let's pick basketball. So you came back from school after the three years and started working, selling insurance in your family business or what was your family I, business? I actually, yeah. So it was, well, it was, it was always Harvard. It, like it, uh, it, it used to be called Schrenner insurance. That was my grandparents' firm. Okay. And they sold in 2008. It became Harvard Western Insurance. Okay. Gotcha. And so I started working there. I started working for the insurance firm when I was 12. I was, I was the... Because <laughs> how labor. do you say no to a 12-year-old selling right? insurance? Exactly. I was, I was the janitor. <laughs> and Child labor. Every, see, I wasn't every, wrong. Yeah, every, every Sunday I was, I was scrubbing toilets, probably not cleaning them very well. But um, <laughs> I was the janitor. And then, I mean, um, that was, you know, pretty much... All I did, and then uh, when I turned seventeen, I started working in the front lines, and so I worked there for a little over five years until I until I quit to do hoop life. But cool. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it gave it gave a good good foundation. Like the people there were, I mean, I was the youngest by far, and so mm-hmm. I kind of grew up in the firm. Like my, my mom still works there; she's the VP of personal insurance, and okay, so cool. I um, no one could do any, they, no one could touch me. <laughs> Because if they did, I'm just going <laughs> to Mom! I'm sorry, anyone from Harvard that's listening to this. I was a, I was a shithead. <laughs> but I worked you hard. You were 12. <laughs> but I worked hard, yeah. <laughs> but I worked hard. But uh, So, yeah, and then that's kind of where, where the journey landed me. And um, it was yeah, it was a great opportunity being there. And then and then I just knew, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a shitty employee. If I had to be an employee, I, I'm a shitty employee. So why is that? Because you don't. It's it, so. Is it a control thing? Like you want to be the guy calling the shots, not the one being like so, told to do. Okay, so I am um, in in the kind of like self discovery the last few years that I've that I've done with my try to find out who you know what mm-hmm. what kind of leader I am, what kind of person I am. I actually just did a great a great assessment um, a couple weeks ago, and and so essentially, and this is kind of this is this is the information I kind of knew about myself, but then it, you know when you take these assessments, kind of reaffirms it. Yeah. So I I'm not good with rules. So I don't like rules. Uh, okay. So a- any kind of rules or like, um, 
you know, I mean, obviously some things you have to follow, but sounds like a dirty basketball player. To yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Swinging but, elbows everywhere. Yeah. But this is I what who plays teaching people. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> so I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but, but I mean, it, it, it could sound, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like li- little rules. It, it's tough. And then, mm-hmm. and then another thing is, um, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's probably more to it that I just don't even know yet, but I, um, I don't know. I always kind of maybe thought my, you know, my vision, um, you know, I, I feel more comfortable being in, in my vision and in, in my control, maybe what you're saying, right, right. Yeah. than following someone else's vision. Right. And so I think that was a big part of it. But So these camps you started when you were 19 and you ran, so from about 2013 to 2017, you were running these yep. just kind of summer camps, yeah. just we, kind of a we, couple weeks. We things. called it Queen City Basketball Academy. So that's kind of like what oh, okay. life became gotcha. I, I separate the two because they're like <laughs> you don't want to be known for queen's yeah. basketball academy? no no <laughs> did you used to do like lawn signs for that sure. is that who i used to see but maybe i mean we man we we i was out rollerblading delivering flyers and people's mailboxes in the summer because i, I wow. mean because we started from nothing so i'm trying yeah. to fill a camp of 30 kids so we were out i would go to like the richest part of Regina to like the East end. I'd rollerblade to all of the people who have basketball hoops. And I'd, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's I'd good target marketing. And I, and I'd slip the, the, the flyer there. And so that's how it started. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, I mean, we learned lots. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So what made you think that you could take this little like couple week camp idea and turn it into a, a full-time business doing this? Like mm-hmm. how did you think, how is that going to work? How are you going to scale that from two weeks to 52 weeks? Yeah, I know. Yeah. At the time, I don't know if I even really knew. I just, I saw, it looks like there's a, enough income coming in that I can live off of. And, 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 and I went for it. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Actually. <laughs> well, that's, that's what we do here. Yeah, we ask the that's tough a good questions. Quite, that's a good question. <laughs> Walter Cronkite over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think. I think I just knew I could make enough money to live off of for at least a few months. Yeah. And then, and then I knew that, that youth sports mm-hmm. and, and, and kids, the more technology increases and the more screen time kids are, are, are consuming, uh, they're going to need an outlet and the mm-hmm. parents are, we're going to come, it's going to come to a point where parents have to, and maybe we're there in some aspects, depending on the family, depending on the kid, but we're in the area somewhere where parents have to schedule that, exercise and, and, and oh, extracurricular yeah. activity. And so I, I saw that and I'm like, Hey, I, I think this is a business that we can grow on and build on mm-hmm. with the current climate of, of, of health and wellness for kids. And so, yeah. And we, we jumped in. So where would you consider basketball to be as a sport when you started this in 2017 on the hierarchy of considerations that parents, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we live in probably one of the coldest provinces, so it's probably not number one. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> so, like, obviously hockey is up there. Right. Soccer is mm-hmm. becoming a big sport for people. Where did bat? like, did you find people resisting what you were trying to do because they're like, basketball? Mm. Like, that's that wasn't, that's not on my kids, like, want list. Yeah, I hear you. Good question. I'm, I don't know if I sense any any resistance towards it, but definitely I still... I still maybe don't feel like basketball. Like I mean, Toronto winning was huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the, the job the NBA does um, is you know like the NBA's social media reach is 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 so much bigger than NHL or the yep. NFL, and so that, I mean that's where kids are, and so I think that's really helped. And the star power of the NBA is a bit different too, mm-hmm. where they can really play off those stars, and mm-hmm. so 
kids really can gravitate towards their favorite NBA player. Yeah. And, and I mean, they could other sports too, but it's a little different in NBA. And so um, I don't know if I felt any resistance, but I think for us where we've seen basketball go, I mean, the Rattlers and the CBL coming here. Do you guys know? Do you know about the Saskatchewan Rattlers? Yeah, I've never been to a game yet, but yeah, well, we got to go together. I we, think we uh, should. We got, we got, we got courtside seats. Oh man, oh, wow. right, right, right under the bench. And so, I mean, the the Hoop Life crew. We had six seats. I mean, this year, it's, it's we were we were right. bummed out. But last year, like we were there. This is a total rabbit trail, right? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got here. So Follow last up. year we were. Um, so we're the hoop life's the official youth development partner of the Rattlers. So great relationship with them. Yeah. Like first class, the league, the CBL, um, is, is incredible leadership. Mike Morelli's the CL pre he used, he used to be a rider. Um, he's a a first class guy. And then the whole front office of the Rattlers is great. So as soon as they're here, I I was like, how can we help? How can we be part of it? And and synergy took off. So one of the things is we're like, okay, we, we want to help and do camps together, which what we did even this summer and last year. And so we don't want to just do that. We want to be at every game. And so we had six courtside seats. And so our hoop life guys would, so we, we, out of the 10 games, we brought kids, like kids, our, our kids here to a lot of them. And so, um, you know, lots of road trips and a lot of fun with the kids. And then there was some Saskatoon hoop life kids that came. And so, but then there was probably like four games that it was just us, maybe five games. It was just (laughs) us. And, um, oh man, we, we got, I mean, we, we, had a few drags and then we started just talking shit to the other team <laughs> like so hard in this the confidence level to do the, these these guys could in a, in a in a real fight i'm losing every time to all these players <laughs> but we're just yelling at that we're yelling and we we attribute that rattler's first championship to, to, uh, <laughs> to hoop life it's a hoop life yeah. champion no <laughs> we it's funny after the game because because we were we were just yelling and going in talk, talking shit to the to the other team and um yeah, and like they would, it was it was funny because like some guys just couldn't handle it and they'd start yelling back at us and <laughs> that's funny. It was yeah, it was fun. That's but amazing. This reminds me of a story <laughs> yeah. that I have that I, I won't tell the whole thing here, but remind me a, a story about a group of guys that I was involved in down in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, that we decided to go take in a high school football game and it was playoffs. That would be wild. And Whoa. eight drunk Canadians showed up. <sighs> Whoa! I'll tell you what how that went one day. <laughs> it was like one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> but anyway, that's that amazing. Crazy. <laughs> so. Um, you start hoop like I. I feel like I, I feel like I feel like this is too easy. I feel like we're transitioning into you just doing hoop life too easily. Like, was there ever any doubt that you were going to do this? Did you ever sit down and be like, "Is this the right decision for me"? Was there other things you were considering doing? Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah, he was going to be a day trader. I, I was, said that <laughs> right. Yeah. I um. So yeah, I mean that that was one thing that obviously uh that's not my that's not my gifting. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna. Let someone else. You're not that. into cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Your watch list wasn't yeah. super hot. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm a pretty like. I'm, I wish I knew more, and I wish I could say, oh, the analytical thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's just not. That's I not. had Nortel and BlackBerry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll play basketball. Those instead. are my first yeah. two yeah. picks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that uh that was not not for me, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, you know what, man? Like, I I love that you're asking this because I've never I've never I've never really dove too deep in in it you know i'm just i'm i'm so hyper focused on the future even now like i'm just yeah. so not content with where we're at now like yeah, i we just cool. are so we're just we're, we're so concerned on what we can do and um different plans we have but i mean there definitely was a lot of struggles mm-hmm. in the early days and i mean there still is now but trying to make payroll and in the lessons i learned in in leadership and and i mean i think 
one thing that I really had to get comfortable with is, is being a little bit more assertive. And I think in the early days, I, mm. I, I just wanted everyone. I mean, it, we had, you know, all these employees that a lot of, most of them are part-time obviously, but I wanted everyone to like me and love me as the, as the boss. I right. want yeah. them to, to not. And so that backfired because the lack of assertiveness I, I showed, you know, almost led to people walking over me. So, oh, wow. and so that was a huge, huge lesson that like, my wife was so great in, in helping me with because she was like I remember this is a uh, we we were at we were at at the at Hoop Life one day yeah and she just saw this employee kind of just like kind of like walking over me and I just kind of didn't say anything and then she just like looks at me in front of everyone she's like were you gonna say something and then starts getting on me about it and I'm like don't make him, don't make a scene <laughs> <laughs> shut the hell up I want really them to big. like me <laughs> I know and then but but she was great because she just she pushed me so hard and just like no like they uh, people respond to assertiveness loving yep. assertiveness they'll respond to they don't respond to you when you're when you're trying to beat around the bush with it and make them like you mm -hmm. so that was a big lesson I had to learn I, r I really I really struggled with but in terms of the business as a whole did I ever think it, it wouldn't work I, I never I never did I always knew that as long I, I I knew that maybe decisions I made could 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 hurt it but mm -hmm. I always knew that if I just keep pushing forward, it's we're, we're going to be good. Cool, and you're like you're the sole owner. You never started this with anybody, or not? Not true. So not true. Okay. I, yeah. So we uh, we started it just my, my wife and I. Okay. And then um, a huge, huge part of the business, which now, so now my uh, so Habib Habib is my is co-founder of, of Hoop Life as well, my partner. Okay. And so him, myself, my wife are all equal partners to, to the to the business, and I so see. he um, he was he came on. He started coaching in 20, so I, we started January 2017, and he started coaching a little bit later, and we were friends from high school, um, and so he really came on, and he, he was incredible, because he came after the fact a bit, so I already started, I already did the legwork, yep. but he's like, he's like, man, I love this, I bleed hoop life, let me, how, how can, how can we be partners in this, and, and I mean, I am, I am so only focused on the team, and this is, this is one thing. I really, I really, you know, I, I love about myself and I, I want to keep leaning into like for the rest of the time is I don't care about my individual success. I only mm. want the team to grow. So yep. Hoop Life and Citrus, if they grow, I'm happy. And so he came and had a vision for the company and I was like, man, let's do it. So he, he worked for free for a for a while <laughs> put his, put every hour into it. Yeah. Um, tore up his relationship with Thank God, right? Sorry, Habib, <laughs> I'm saying this all live. But, but it's, <laughs> she wasn't the one, all right? <laughs> but like, he said but it. I he said it here first. Sorry, man. But uh, but anyways, it 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 was he like he uh, he is he's an incredible part of it, and the the company's nothing without without him. And so, so he kind of bought in with oh, sweat he, labor, exactly. Right? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, we're in those early days. I mean, yeah. we didn't have we were we were working with with what we had, right? Yeah. And so no, it was um. I mean, for anyone, anyone that that's the advice I'd give, like anyone who's young and you have the ability to, to work, I mean, like just work for free, do whatever mm. it takes so that you can, you know, you don't have to, doesn't have to all be add up, but no, it was, it was incredible with him. And so how it kind of breaks down, like he handles the basketball operations of Hoop Life. So he is hands-on making sure the, what we provide right. in terms of our services is, is, is top notch and, and incredible. And, and then I'm more a lot of times in the background with our systems and processes and the logistics of mm -hmm. the business. And right. so it's a great fit. He's, cool. Um, oh, he's that's awesome. awesome. The name Hoop Life, was that, did that come to you right away? Or was there other names that you kind of bounced around? 
before you committed to that? I, I asked, someone asked me this question on Monday and there was no other names. That was the only name. That was it. Um, I mean, trying to encompass like a quick, easy, I mean, it's, I, picking a name. It, we, we, I went through the same process with citrus, like picking a name is a pain in the ass. I don't yeah. like it, yeah. but it's so important. Cause, Very important. Cause yeah. getting people to buy in like the ultimate deck shop is an incredible name. Like I love it. I love what you've done with it. And I think when people have a sticky name, it helps retain employees, retain yep. customers. Mm-hmm. So that was that was it. Yeah. <laughs> we just knew it, it worked. We had a few we had to get the trademarks for Hoop Life, which was a big struggle. So yeah. now we have the trademarks Canada, European Union, and China. Oh, five wow. classes in all those places. We don't have the United States yet, because it's a uh, it's there's there's like seven different players that have variations of the name. Uh, right? Okay. That's what I was kind of wondering. Crazy. Like, the name's perfect yeah. for what you're doing, right? But I was wondering, I was like, is there other, it's perfect, but yet surprising that nobody else would have explored that name already. I know. Is, that, right. And so that's, that's what we thought too. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a shock to us. And I mean, there was, I mean, there's a few people in the States that are trying to play around with like a clothing company, but no one's done anything with it. No, nothing um, big. Yeah. Not at all. And so, we're really fortunate like to get those trademarks. And so, I mean, now we're, we're just focused on Canada and, right. and, 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 you know, building this idea of planning a training center, what that would look like. And so, um, that's, that's kind of where, where that's at, but no, it was, it was, I mean, I feel like we lucked out in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? Cool. So you opened your doors in 2017, um, kind of transitioning is it like did you was there a decision right there to like, I'm not working insurance anymore and I'm just jumping into this full time. Did that happen? Like, yeah, it happened in a weekend. Same week, it kind of. I like, was boom. I was at my wife's parents' house. I, w- I remember looking at the company bank account. I, I don't know. There was maybe like ten thousand dollars in it or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, that's like three months. I could survive. We off could that. live off this for like three months. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and you you just your car just got. My wife's name's Aaron, so I was like, your car just got totaled, Aaron. We'll live on one car, and we'll take that ten grand from the car. And we'll use that. So right there, we had a little seed money. And, and then it was, it was like, I just remember talking to her family about it, uh, like my in-laws and, and they were just unbelievably supportive and, and, and great with it. And they're like, yeah, do it. I wish I would have done it. Do it. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I got to tell my mom that I'm not working for her anymore. But no, she was like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was, was like, get out of here. It li- literally, <laughs> man. Yeah, literally. You're the worst janitor. <laughs> the, the Thank funny God I'm coming for you. This is the funny thing. I continued to clean Harvard Western. <laughs> Two years after I quit. So I'm still, I I cleaned Harvard Western until I was like 24. So I was, even though I was out, I wasn't working in the front, in the office, I was still continued to be the janitor at just one of their locations, right? Not all of them, they have tons of, not all of them, but one of them. And then I'll never forget the manager of that one location just texted me. Because it was, it was, um... I missed a few, I missed a few weeks. And then there was a couple of weeks that I was getting other employees from Harvard. I was, text, <laughs> I was getting them to clean it. And so then she just texted me. She's like, yeah, buddy, I think it's time to give this up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah uh, My bad. Sorry for me through this. <laughs> I won't clean the toilets with Windex anymore. <laughs> All right. So that was it. That's funny. So when you open Hoop Life, was there a day where you considered yourself open for business? Like- yeah, it was, it was, it was the date we use is December 30th, 2016. That was okay. the corporation day. That was, that was when we really, I think we launched the name because we did a switch from the Queen, Queen City to the to yeah. Yeah. Life, and that was end of December 2016. So that was when it was there. And I quit my job uh, January 27th, 2017. Mm, nice. So it was a quick quick turnaround from there. Nice. And did you have... Um, did you have customers or yeah, ca- what's, like, what's, attendee, like whatever what's you call them? What's day one look like? Yeah, at, 
So is it like, busy right away? It was, well, we, we, because I was running those camps for 2013, 14, 15, and 16, we had a base of a few hundred mm. families that were like, hey, we love what you guys are doing. Do keep this up, do a fall, yeah. do a fall camp. And so um, it got to the point where, because in the summer, because that 2016 summer was really challenging, because I think we had like four weeks of camp. So I would work. It's funny looking at my old schedules from those days because I would work insurance. Um, I would I would get there early, and then I would work, and then I'd leave in the middle of the day for like three hours to go to camp, and then because I and we had other coaches, I couldn't yeah. even be there because I had to work my job. But I'd leave for like three hours, I'd go to camp, and then I'd come back and work in the insurance firm later that evening to catch up for my hours. Oh. And so that was the summer of 2016. Very cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we we really just rolled on with it, and we decided to just you know continue to, to do as much as we can. Cause I mean, hoop life now it's, it's a year round program. You have a membership and you come every week year round. Okay. That's what I was going to ask yeah. how it's structured now. So yeah. it's not, you're not doing like start and stop camps one this month and then it starts exactly. over and then it starts we, over. It's just like, you're, yeah, you're, we you're, do, we do camps too. So hoop, okay. the hoop life is there's, there's sessions that happen all, every week, um, multiple times a week. So I think now there's like six different options kids can sign up for. So you become a member, sign up for your sessions uh, the other options that we do is we, we have summer camps mm-hmm. in addition to the sessions, summer camps, Christmas camp, like all these different camps trickled in throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the core base of it. Um, we, I, c- I could go on about a couple different like main things we do. We, we do with hoop life. Like we have a program called boost kids, which we've, we've, I, I think I've touched on that yep. with you before, yep. but boost kids is um, where low income kids and families can uh, we we so we created the program called Boost Kids and so low income kids are partnered with with local businesses yeah and so now what Boost Kids looks like is those low income kids who they can't go to any extracurricular they don't have the funds to do it yep a lot of you know like troubling family situations and so we had these kids coming to Hoop Life early on and and we loved them we did we never told them they couldn't come but but we knew that if we let 30, 40 kids come for free, right. we're not going to have a business. And so we're yep. like, how do we do this? Well, let's partner with the local business community. And so how it works is a business sponsors, low-income athlete. They come to Hoop Life for free for the whole year, and they get school supplies, birthday present, and a Christmas gift. And so wow. that's that's a program that, that, we've, that we've, we've developed um, called Boost Kids. We developed another program in partnership with K Plus S called The Lab, which is a free Sunday night scrimmage for high school kids. So high school kids... Wow. Come scrimmage every every Sunday for free. Just drop in and, and scrimmage. And so that was another program we worked on. Um, and so, yeah, we have a few things kind of like that, but that's what Hoop Life does. So the next step for Hoop Life is we got to get ourselves into a facility in 2021, mm-hmm. and then we can really test our processes and, and then make the next step after that. Because you're operating this out of where right now? Laval High School. It's a private French school yep. in, in North Regina. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. that's where everything is. And so most of your kids... I, I guess before I use kids too liberally, what's the age group that you have coming? Like seven, six right. to 18. Okay. And there. so they're in your camps as like a, I guess just like a, a constant training and conditioning kind of thing. And then they're also probably most of them part of a league through their high school or through something. Exactly. Yeah, as well. Lots of them play club teams. And so um, we'll see, I think who we're, we're going to start to, get more into club teams next year. I won't say too much about it, but, um, but, but yeah, like exactly kids would play on their school team or their club team. And then hoop life's the place where they come and train. Right. So yeah, no, it's been great. Another thing we've done too, is we, we knew like we had a great product that we, that we have in, in, in the, 
the the hoop what hoop life was and, and mm-hmm. the approach we took with kids the music loud the the the, sk- the the skills and drills quick and fast and fun and we we knew this approach was was great and kids loved it and so we wanted to take our coaches and go to to other communities and so what we've ended up doing is and we started this in 2017 and now i mean with with, with covid it's it's slowed down a lot yeah but we've gone to a ton of indigenous communities and it's the highlight of 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 our of our month when we get to do this nice. and so i think we've gone over over 20 20 close to 25 um indigenous first nations in saskatchewan and so we've actually traveled there did a two-day camp there with them right and um yeah like the the relationships that we've developed with with them is incredible and it's Amazing. it's um yeah it's been really fun awesome yeah um did you when you started this business did you did you sit down and kind of create a business plan and a whatever or did you just kind because of, you were already yeah. kind of doing it like yeah sort of on the side right and then you just kind of rolled into it so yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I, I worked so hard always. And sometimes it's funny to look back because I worked hard, but not smart in the early <laughs> days. So I remember I made like a 50-page business plan wow. written out. With Whoa. All this. Yeah, it's totally, it was total, it was a total waste of time <laughs> at the time. Like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done it. But I remember sitting there at the table writing this plan. I'll have to show it to you guys after because yeah. I, I still have the the copy. It's, it's, it's garbage, right? But, <laughs> but it's uh, never, it was the first business plan I made, but it was great because I felt when I went to bed, I was like, man, I'm, hustling i'm getting it you know yeah. and, it, and it gave that feeling that like i'm doing this you know so even why though, why did you do it yeah what was the business plan for just because you felt like you were supposed to or? exactly yeah I, no reason i was no looking re- to raise money <laughs> I, 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 felt like, I felt like i felt like i guess this is the thing i I'm should do put it on my wall because you know it's it's so funny when people i mean if, you, if you're raising money if you, if you need a bank loan i get it you need yep. to have a robust business plan but uh if if you're just a, a, an entrepreneur trying to make it like you, you, you need to have your plan, but you don't need to have this formal business plan. So yeah. it's funny when people ask, like, even to this day, like you'll have like the odd person be like, Oh, like you have a business plan. I'm like, yeah, we do. But no, we don't. We're, I mean, we're yeah. just figuring <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't got time. It's to, called, let's see what tomorrow looks exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have time. I mean, we have our plan and we yeah. have our monthly financial forecasts and, and, and those things are in place, but I don't have, I, we don't have the time to, write it down yeah. you, know, you know what i mean and have this official plan that we're following so yeah yeah was there anything that happened um once you got this thing started up that kind of made you doubt it that made you that at some point you thought like uh maybe this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. whether it's like low turnout or something or like was there anything mm-hmm. or has it been fairly smooth the whole way through i think looking back the numbers make it look smooth but the, the right. those feelings that you have when you don't you go a few weeks without a real win definitely could feel like that but I honestly I, I knew I just knew it would work I knew that I knew that our plan and vision would would work and so even if there was a camp that didn't have as many kids as we thought or they were going somewhere else to some to, to, to do something else or they mm-hmm. were not interested we, I just I just knew that our hoop life vision and what we want to do with creating success in kids is gonna work yeah do you guys feel like you have a lot of like competition in like the space that you're in? Like I I probably wouldn't say like basketball is your competition, but like, are there other programs that you feel like you have to compete with to get kids? Not like, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like, like I don't want to be like prideful about it or anything, Mm -hmm. but not like, not really. There is a few, there's obviously like a few different camps and it's people that do great, great work. But, um, 
we've never ever focused on on com- like I remember having this talk with my dad once right when we started and he was showing me this other guy's website that does that does basketball camp in Regina and I was like dad I don't give a fuck what anyone else <laughs> right. is doing I don't care yeah <laughs> show me like I don't want to hear about it and so that's the approach we've tried to take and it's obviously difficult because it's a competition and it's we're competitive people so mm-hmm. it's you want to win but we've just tried to say listen like we're we're the main, hi- we're, we're, we're the highway. Why are we focusing on all these other side roads? Let's just focus on what we're doing. Yeah. And if we believe in what we're doing, and this is the talk we have with the team all the time, like if we believe in what we're doing, don't, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on what we're doing yeah. and, and the rest will fall into place or it won't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like a, that's a pretty um, big piece of advice for a lot of entrepreneurs because it is easy to get emotional and want to be reactive to what others are doing if you pay so true if you're like sometimes you just got to put the blinders on and focus on your own plan and charge forward because that's like that's what's going to make you successful Mm -hmm. not looking to see what other people are doing then trying to react and mimic that or adjust things on the fly like we Mm. we obviously have a lot of competition in this city in both cities yeah and it's sometimes it is easy if you watch somebody else's instagram account too long or hear somebody else's radio ad to be like oh we should change this or you hear from a customer Mm because you deal with customers that like contractors that shop at all stores yeah. and it's like, but it, so you got to tell yourself like, cause often wait or something will come in and be like, Oh, oh here yeah. somebody's doing this. We should do this. Whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Let's just stick to our plan. Yeah. Or, ex- or sometimes maybe it does make sense to, to adjust whatever, but for sure the idea of just like put your head down, focus on your own stuff is mm-hmm. yeah. the yeah. right answer Way most of the time. Way easier to right? say than do obviously. hundred percent. But, but that's, yeah, that's what we try to live by. Cause we, I mean, go insane trying to, trying to beat, the, comp- the competition right. and I don't know who the, who it was. You need to be aware, yeah, right? aware yeah. for sure. Definitely. Not obsessive over it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good way. Aware yeah. and not obsessed. Yeah. I love that. Um, I can't remember who said it. Some, some like famous speaker. Um, uh, but, but, but I just remember the, the whole, I can't remember who the hell it was probably like Gary Vee or something like that, but it, w- it was just saying something like, no, you know who it was? I think it was, you guys know Grant Cardone. Yeah. Sa- yeah. <laughs> sales uncle G anyways, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, you need a little dose of that every few months, you know, but, um, no, I think he was saying something like, why don't look at your, this is, this is like early on that this whole, cause this, that what I explained of like focusing on us, I think that really resonated to me after he hearing, I think it was him saying this and it, and it was just like your, your competition. And, and I think he, well, now that I think of this situation, maybe it wasn't him, but here's the situation. Microsoft for years could not beat Apple because at every right. single Microsoft convention, they're talking about how to beat Apple. They're, they're obsessed about this. this is, mm-hmm. Start with why that's yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah. It's that's not, Simon not Simon Simon cynic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Grant Cardone's off the table, wasn't you? Sorry, Grant. <laughs> yeah. It it was start with why. It was start with why. This is the this is one of the first business books I read. Uh start with why. And he and he, and he discussed how Microsoft for I mean, even now they're half the company Apple is in terms of market valuation, but I mean it doesn't matter when you're a trillion dollars. But whatever. <laughs> for years they just couldn't they couldn't they couldn't pass them. And all these Microsoft conventions and conferences and meetings and everything, they were talking about how we could beat Apple. Apple on the opposite end. Apple's focus was how can we make life better for our customers mm-hmm. and they're obsessed about their customers. So it was like two different obsessions. And I remember when I heard that analogy, um, I was like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm bought in with obsessing over customers, not obsessing over competition. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. how we came there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes, that's, that's a, that's a very, um, 
well-known example of that yeah. up at the top, right? Watching totally. those two companies. Totally. One chase the other, and the other just kind of like leading the way. Yeah, totally. Um, what would you say causes you the most stress in your business? You've chosen to do something that is a passion of yours, so that's easy to not be stressful about, but mm -hmm. certainly there's aspects of the business that do cause you stress. What are those? I think right now... Um, Okay, so this is a real, I mean, this this attests to the level, the stage we're at right now. I think for us, the ability not having our own space right now is really stressful. Right. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a very, like, micro example, I guess, of, 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 of it. Dig into that a little bit deeper. Why? Like, is it the scheduling of it that causes you stress? Is it that people are like, yeah, uh, you don't have your own place, you're not really that serious about it? Or I what is it? I don't think anyone ever thought we're not that serious about it because we didn't have our own space because to get a sports facility i mean you're it's so expensive because yeah. you, mm -hmm. you need fifteen thousand square feet so it's really expensive and we didn't want to just dive into it we wanted to make sure that this company could be around for a long time and yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna have to close the doors and so right. that not being able to set our schedule not having the total control has been a challenge we've been really fortunate and, and, and lucky to have the people at, at laval um, be so great with us the last, mm -hmm. I mean, we've rented from them since 2014 right. when I was doing those other camps. So it's been a great relationship and we've been able to have our pick of the dates, but for us to take the next steps company and really develop this idea of the center, we need our own space. And so that was, that's a real micro level of what probably stresses me out with hoop life. Right. I think we, so, uh, with our other company that we launched a year ago called Citrus Technology, now being the CEO of both is is really difficult. And like, I'm just learn. I mean, it's funny because when the great thing is is when you're an entrepreneur, you can be the CEO. If I, it, you can be the CEO, you can do whatever you want, and that's great. But I'm learning what it means to be a CEO, what it means to make these decisions. And so, in a startup, a, C a CEO in a startup is not really a CEO. No, you know? <laughs> it's not. Like if I quit these jobs and wanted to go get a job as CEO of some company, I wouldn't get it. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And so I'm understand that I'm learning and I have lots to learn with both these companies, but the challenge is trying to split the time to between the two. Cause Citrus is very much a startup, which we can dive into later, but I'm um, trying to find the, the, two, the, the balance of the two is tough. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's a challenge that, that I have every day. And so, I don't know. Th those, I mean, that's a real, a real micro example with hoop life of what stresses me out. And then trying to manage the two is tough, mm -hmm. but it's crazy. I, 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 I had this conversation with a friend of mine, um, on, um, on Friday and I was like, how was the week? And he's like, yeah, good. Stressed out. And I'm like, man, but if we didn't have this stress, like you guys we feel stress, right? Yeah. And if we didn't have that stress, I like if I didn't have it, I would feel more stressed that I didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah if I'm just mean. sitting there working a nine to five and I'm in life's cool and I come home and watch the office and order dominoes and put my feet up and go to bed at eight and play video games, like fuck that. Yeah. I'm so, not about yeah, that. Exactly. Sounds so good. There are some <laughs> yeah. people that love that, <laughs> yeah, right? Some days, yeah. Some, some days. people love that. <laughs> and yeah, total so You got you gotta let them. And and that's yeah. and that's yeah, and, and total disclaimer, like but I hear you. if yeah. if that's if you love that, then that's amazing. But if you want more then if that life for me, I couldn't do, cause it would, yeah, it would be, yeah, every so just often wouldn't it's be great, happy. but exactly. I'd be so, so I think the stress I, I asked for it, mm -hmm. like yeah. uh, uh, these, like if it, even in like basketball, like we tell the kids, like when it's crunch time and there's like two minutes left and, and you're down three points, like it's a stressful situation, but that's what you ask for. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you're the best player, you're going to have the ball. That's what you ask for. So that's what I've always like. This is their, 
we're in the fourth quarter every day. Yeah, right. But I mean, I've been that situation. I had the nine to five. I left the nine to five to do this, mm-hmm. and so yeah, w- like, what do you think? But I wasn't looking, happy. What do you that, think? Though? Looking back, uh, like oh my I can probably guess your answer, but looking back, do you do you? There's zero hesitation. To your 100 best decision you ever made. Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Yes, and and so I've been. When did I do that? We start like this is year five. Yeah, I would have quit, like, it would have been four years ago in, in March that I quit. March 6th. Um, I have not, I have not gotten myself back up to what I made at Sastel, and I don't have the big pension that I've had at Sastel, and I don't have the massive benefit. Like, we do have, we do have benefits and stuff here, but it's not as complete and robust mm-hmm. as it was yeah. there. And, like, none of that's happened yet, but even, but we're getting closer every year. Um, but even year one, when I wasn't even paying myself at all, I still feel like it was a good decision. And that's amazing. So before quitting that, you have your, sometimes your family, they're like, or friends more often than family, maybe, but they're like, really, you're just going to walk away from like one of the best oh, pensions in the, right? in, the, in the province. Like tell you, you got it made. And it's like, yeah. but do I have it made though? Like, I don't want to be sitting in that same cubicle for the next 40 years. That sounds scary as to me. Like, I don't, yeah, that's geez. not what yeah, I want to do. Exactly. I'm sitting here. Sure. This is easy. And I get a check every two weeks and it's the same dollar amount. So it's really easy to budget yeah. for and like yeah. all this. And I can go on coffee breaks in the mall and like, yeah, yeah it's cool. If that's what you're looking for is just a slack job to show up at and get go a check and, and go do home. your other stuff. But I'm sitting here feeling like I'm wasting myself. Like I'm not doing what I want to be mm-hmm. doing. I'm not challenged. I need some risk in my life and all this. Stuff. So no, absolutely. That's I don't. Amazing. And, and not for a moment have I even thought like, oh shit, until... COVID. There was a few days of, oh shit, of course, <laughs> that was in a March of this situation. year for me. But, but that was the first time that I had doubted what, like, if we could make it work here, That's right? Amazing. Like from the day we walked out, I was like, I think this is going to work. This will work. This will work. We got it. And then like this year is a little bit scary, but, um, but yeah, like totally, man, I understand the whole, like, it was stressful for me to not understand what it was that I wanted to be doing because similar to you and many other entrepreneurs I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. I wanted to work for myself and own my own business and like guide the ship of something but it took me a lot of time to figure out what that was so now I I feel more comfortable with the daily stress for sure that's amazing so yeah you know I I and I listen I have I'm not judging anyone at all I'll put that out there (laughs) but I I I don't it's just not for me right. to live, to, to, to have that average life. I just like the thought of it really. And, and I think maybe I know when I'm like talking with my wife, or, like with my friends, I'm like, man, like, like, fuck that. Like I, I, I want to put the control of my family. Like I have one son now, he's two years old. Um, I, uh, the thought of anything happening to him and me mm-hmm. not being able to financially, and I mean, now, I mean, we're, we're in startup mode, so I'm not, you know, it, it's not like I have all this money. Like we definitely don't, but, um, the reason, you know, there, there's so many reasons to be an entrepreneur, but, but one for me was like, I want to, I never uh, want to be in a position where I can't take care of my family. And so I'm young now. Mm-hmm. I know that in 10 years we want to have more kids and, and have a, a house full of kids. And so if something happens, I want to be able to, to, to drop everything and have the funds to be able to take care of my family. And so for me, that was like a no brainer. Like I can't do that working a nine to five. I can't. Yeah, right. And so for me, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it at all. If, if you love to do it, but for me, it wasn't, that was for me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, that's a common uh, a personality common trait of yeah. entrepreneurs is that desire to like be in control of things and 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't want, I wouldn't want it any other way to. No, like exactly. I know a lot of my friends totally and, and acquaintances that I had at Sastel, they're still there and they'll be there for a long time. And it's and, like, and that's what they like though. And right? that's completely fine. I don't, I don't, I'm not like judgmental that. about it at all. It's yeah. just like, but I do I, like, I am a firm believer in you should do what makes you happy. So mm-hmm. if what makes you happy is, is having that secure job and knowing that retirement's taken care of and all that, if that's yeah. what makes you happy, look great. Be comfortable in that you. and accept yeah. it, right? Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of people that would like, like that probably still look and think like, well, it's crazy what you're doing. Why? Why would you want to do like... Then your head, it's like, that's crazy what you're doing. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. That's um, Anyway, to get back to your story a little bit here. So, let's... I want to I wanna pivot. I want to figure out what is Citrus yeah. Technologies. Let's like, how does that fit in with Hoop sure. Life? Yeah. Okay. So, so Hoop Life early days, running a youth program is a pain in the ass. We do it because we love kids. We want kids to succeed. We love that giving back. But the administrative duties of running any kind of youth program is a massive pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. We knew this early day one of Queen City Basketball Academy (laughs) back in the day. So I'm trying to organize all this information and all these registrations and parents' parents questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And and for us, it was like, okay, this isn't going to work. We need to find some kind of software to help manage our business. So we looked in the marketplace. We tried to implement two of our competitors, Citrus competitors now, not Hoopla competitors. We tried to implement two different softwares. Didn't work. Didn't like the feel of it. Didn't didn't present our brand well to our clients. Uh, It was not user-friendly. And so we're like, damn it. Well, shit, what do we do now? So so at the time, with Hooplife, we were building the Hooplife app, which is live- in the app store now, we hit the thir- we were the thirty first, thirty fourth most downloaded app throughout COVID in the sports category, cool. which was great. And so we were building this app, and we had so we had a couple developers working a- as employees. And so we're like, hey, why don't we create our own business management system for a camp? Mm. And so that's what we did. So we started to build it ourselves, and um, and that was about two years where we just built it. And the whole goal was like, hey, this is for just this is for Hoop Life. This is for right. Hoop Life. We want to keep building this. And then we joined the, so you guys heard of Cultivator, yep. Powered by Connexus. Yep. Yep. So, so we're, we're Citrus is um, a grow company and Cultivator. And so um, I, was, I, was, I got introduced to tech in 2017 uh, under, so Colab, you guys heard of Colabs yep. in Saskatoon. So yep. um, I went and pitched the Hoop Life app um, in Colabs. And so that's kind of where we got introduced to the tech ecosystem. And so the whole, the plan was to blow the Hoop Life app up, but it's obviously on a low budget, it's tough to blow a direct consumer app up, mm-hmm. especially a fitness app. <laughs> and so uh, lots of competition. So, uh, so as we're navigating through this time, um, we, we decided to build our own business management tool as we were building the app. And so um, being a part of Cultivator was the greatest decision I've, I've ever, greatest business decision I've ever made was embracing, um, embracing Cultivator and, 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 yeah. and, and going there. And so we joined in 2018, uh, fall, like fall of 2018. That's when we first started working there. And so being in Cultivator, being able to talk these ideas out with, with my, my peers that are also, that have technology companies and right. being able to talk this out with, with um, different folks from Cultivator, we realized, hey, what we're building here for Hoop Life, this business management tool is actually way bigger than just Hoop Life. Right. We need to create a new company and we need to sell this as a business business solution for other youth programs mm-hmm. and camps. And so we made that decision almost a year ago. That's when we launched the Citrus name. And so uh, we, I, I partnered with David Crossman, who's, who's the CTO, co-founder of Citrus. Yeah. And so 
he brings he is you know twice as smart as me and br- right. and brings all of that all of the um the techno the, the 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 development side of things and so we started building he came on board like we we launched the name last october but we were we weren't you know we built the app um the one of our developers was gone so we weren't really actively developing it yet and so when dave came in january we hit the ground running and said okay we are going to build the greatest solution for camps and youth programs because we have a camp and youth program that's doing very well and we can test it. And so we know what we are, we're building this for ourselves. We know exactly what needs to be done. So we started to build and build and build. And so now we're in, in the beta period and we're going to look to launch in the next two months ish. We're going to, we're we're not, we don't have the exact date. Uh, But our plan with that is to, to, to blow that up and offer it, globally to all youth programs camps anyone that runs an event really right and so uh, we're, we're excited about it yeah that's really cool so let's regurgitate a question yeah where did the name come from yeah where the name come from citrus. citrus man i just what thinking about names i just pray about it you were like oranges I, I i literally <laughs> <laughs> i i pray about it and then it and then it comes to my head and so i with citrus i mean citrus it, well i mean our company's an orchard of opportunities Oh, right. wow. No, <laughs> dad joke. Okay, but see you later. Dad joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> total, 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 total dad joke. Totally kidding. Um, You're allowed to do those now. Yeah. You have a two-year-old. Uh, yeah, two-year-old. A hundred percent. I hate when my wife looks at me and she looks at me and I'll be like getting dressed for She's like, man, you like you're starting to look like a dad. <laughs> <laughs> that like, just happens. Shut up, woman. <laughs> do you find, <laughs> Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> do you find, do you follow, there's an account on TikTok and I don't remember his name. But he's like the king of dad jokes. Everything he posts is dad jokes, but it's super like monotone, whatever. And yeah. he actually works as like a Hollywood um, uh, props guy. Okay, have you, watched, have you seen this guy? I might have. I saw one today you about following TikTok. I saw one today about a guy who is cooking sticks in a non-stick pan. That's risky, right? But he was like, that was the dad joke. He had a bunch of wood fast. sticks. Yeah. <laughs> that's I was am- like, oh, that's was, amazing. I thought it was really <laughs> funny. Never, I've never seen that guy. I showed it to my wife, yeah, and she did up. not think it was funny. No. That's just for us. You it's keep that joke thing. Yeah, bring the little story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, man. So, um, yeah, this, we've had Cult Venture. Cult Venture. Krugo. We had, we had Krugo. Cult Vader mentioned a few times <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, we had Krugo we had on, Krugo on. Uh, recently. So, they were obviously are down there too. So. Yeah. Um, really cool what the cultivator has done for yeah. it's, uh, oh, tech man. scene here, man. It's, it's crazy. In, in, the next, yeah, in the next five years to see the tech community in Saskatchewan just go crazy mm-hmm. will be cool because... Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's an incredible like, for those that don't know, like Cultivator is 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 a program that's sponsored fully by Connexus Credit Union. So Connexus Credit Union's brand new headquarters on College Avenue, Cultivator takes up fifteen thousand square feet of that. So every day we get these these startup companies <laughs> that have no revenue get to come and work in this incredible building right. and yep. receive mentorship from the leaders in the space in Saskatchewan. So it's yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's pretty cool. That's dope. So you are, you're married recently within the last few years um, and a two-year-old. So here's the famous balance question. Uh, Like you're running two companies here. So is your wife, does she work as well or is she, she's just hoop life? She's hoop life, citrus, mom. She's in on all that. Yeah. So she, early on, like because we didn't have citrus, (laughs) we needed manpower. And so she, I was like, Aaron, you got to just quit your job and, 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 and and help me. And so. Um, yeah, she's been incredible. So yeah, she's, she's, so she took the leap with you. She like quit her job. hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. She, she quit probably like maybe six or eight months after me. 
But so wow. do you guys have the ability to turn it off and have like a personal life as well? Um, or do you I, both just like, like I struggle with it. I, she can flip it off real easy. She's yeah. like, I don't want to talk about work right now. And and then I'll start talking about it. She'll be like, I don't give a shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about yeah. it. So she, I feel like does a lot better job at it than me. I, I like struggle to turn it off. I, I, um, it, you know, like it's a work in progress, but like, obviously like it's, um, trying to be present and give like my son and Aaron like quality time is probably mm-hmm. my, my biggest goal. Yep. I mean, I fail at it all the time cause I'm there, but, but if I'm not actually like phone down, computer down and I'm with them, then it's, it's not like what I want to do. But, yep. um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I try, um, I, I, um, I put a, I kind of like my routine of, of, of how I work is like, I'm, this is a perfect, perfect day for me would look like this where I'm, I'm up, I'm up like, Six six thirty. I work out. I go to the office, and then you know, put the day in. Come back. Come home around five, and then hang with family from like five to seven ish, maybe eight, five to eight ish, and then back to the office from eight till whatever, eight till eleven midnight, whatever, whatever it looks like. So, those few hours though, I'm that's my that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Each week is give them as much as I can. So you do have offices like you're running hoop life out of an office somewhere as well, or just. Well, my the cultivator. like cultivators where I w- where I work from. Gotcha. So like Hoop yeah. Life has its has its own stuff um, there. But I mean like I'm 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 working on when I'm at cultivator I could be working on whatever <laughs> either right. citrus or, or Hoop Life. It's it's generally a 50-50 split these days. Um, we'll see like as citrus grows more it'll it, it may inch a bit more towards citrus. I'm thinking. Right. Um, but but I mean we'll see. So that's kind of how that looks. Do you have any mentors in your life from a business perspective, either locally or just somebody that you don't know, but you listen to a lot or? Yeah. Oh no, totally. Um, so in terms of people I listen to, I, um, so I'm a big fan of the story brand podcast, Donald Miller. Yep. I don't know if you guys heard of him. He's, yep. he's kind of not, not, um, White Heiberg who, who's on podcast earlier. Yep. He, um, he, he got me rolling with him and he's not as like well-known, not as like, you know, famous is like a, a Gary Vee or something, but I, I get a ton of value from, yeah. from him and just, just key in terms of brand and marketing. He, um, he's, he's really a go-to with how to get your message across. Yeah. So I really, I'm a fan of him. Um, I'm a fan of the, the Saster podcast, which is all about like SAS, like, um, like so- software as a service for, for tech people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, tech, te- the tech resources I consume is, the Saster podcast and, and, and their stuff. And then, um, yeah, I mean, those are kind of the two that I, that I really dive into. I try to audiobook as much as I can too. Um, so th- those are kind of the things, the, the, the big things. I, I this is a question we usually leave for later, but we're on the topic. So is there yeah. any audiobooks that you've listened to that, that have really kind of like changed your perspective of things? Yeah. Uh, Blue Ocean Strategy was like one of the first books I read, which kind of got me thinking. I read that book after Start With Why, and blue ocean strategy is 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 the whole concept of people tr- people are always trying to compete with each other, and so you need to break into the ocean so huge, break into a blue ocean of new opportunity. Right. And so that was a that was a book that really got me thinking differently. Instead of trying to do the same things as competitors, let's try to carve out a different area. And so I think when we w- when we look at hoop life and what it is, it's a different thing. Like it's yeah. something, it's something that's like you know, the, the model and everything is, it's different, even citrus to some aspect. And so, um, that was a big book. I mean, start with why was great. That was like literally one of the first business books I ever read. And that was just like, that got me yeah. in, that got me in like in the mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, th- those were, those were great. Um, 
two, two off the top of my head that I would say. Cool. Given that you started this business um, with very little experience, like kind of like on the business end of things, I guess, like, mm-hmm. like totally. you never run a business before or yeah. even mentored under somebody who did or did, you didn't go to a business I school. I don't know shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're learning along the way, right? Yeah. And so inevitably there must have been some things that you've done that you look back on now and be like, Wish I would have done that. Wow, was dumb. Yeah. Or like, do you have regrets about the way you did certain things? Would you change the way you did certain um, things? So, I I I think. So no, I don't. I don't regret it because when I when I fail and, and mess something up, which has happened a lot, and I, I actually I used to I don't do it anymore, but I, I used to in the early days because if I made a mistake, I would beat myself up about it so hard. Um, in the first few years, and so I had this note every time I'd fuck up, I'd put in this note like how I fucked up and what I need, to, what I, what I wanted to do better. And so reading, I remember my wife and I went on a trip like maybe a year ago and she was reading me these notes that I put in about myself, the most vulgar thing you could ever think of too. <laughs> but shit. I'm just so upset with myself. But, um, but now I, I think if you don't fail, then you don't know how to succeed. So I think of oh, like, wow. I think of like, um, creating a proposal for, for um, when Hoop Life does our travel teams. I think of the first version of that proposal and the failure, this is just one example. I think of the first version of that proposal and then the failures that we had to try to get someone to pay Hoop Life thousands of dollars to come train for two days. And so the mistakes we made early on was like, yeah, this is, this, that's stupid. Wouldn't have did this, wouldn't have did this. But every time we fail, it's like, it's the greatest teacher that helps us mm-hmm. go. So I actually am like, like I, I, I don't mind messing up. I really, I really like, I don't, no one likes it, but I, I love that I'm learning from it. So if I fail or make a mistake, I actually like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with it and okay with it because when I look at what I'm at now, I know I'm, I'm at the level I am now. I'm still nowhere close where I want to be, but I know that I'm at the level I am now because of all the mistakes I made to show me how. So hiring the wow. wrong person, we hired a ton of wrong people. Like, like I did not understand the type of people that we need to have in our organization. And so hiring the wrong people cost us t- so much time, so much money. And so those are, those are lessons that I'm like really fortunate that we fucked up on because now we know what we have to do going forward. So yeah, I don't know. The, so there's something, I can't remember who said this recently, but I just heard it within the last week on a podcast somewhere. Some guy that said, there's no such thing as failures, only lessons. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's so like- true. That's really true. Yeah, so <laughs> I true. feel like that's really true, right? right? Yeah. Like, of course, you're going to do things that aren't the best way of doing them, but you learn from it and you move on. So how is it a failure? It made the end result better for you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, if, if you're aware enough to constantly adjust to things that don't work, then, yeah, they are just lessons. Yeah. Man, yeah. They're only failures if it doesn't work and then you quit. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the questions I wanted to ask anyway, oh, okay. and you brought it up. So it's the same one you were going to ask it. Anyway. That's what I figured. We're pretty, we've done <laughs> this for too long same. now. The good people question. Yeah. Um, you've learned that as well. How are you finding the good people now? And what were you doing before that wasn't working? Okay. So I got this explained to me and it's, it's t- I'm, I'm so visual. So for the visual people listening, I'm sorry that I'm going to try to explain this the best I can. So there's this table that I got introduced to that, um, that, that you, h- how to determine who's an A player. So I remember three years ago, I'm like, oh shit, everyone's an A player. They're great. And now I look back and I'm like, no, no, they're not like, they're not an A player. And so how to determine who's a, who's an A player. That's a question I battled with. 
um, I took I took this course or not not course um, um, conference and, and one of the speakers determined and, and he gave us this template for how to find an A player. So imagine with me, you have um, draw a box in the box. You have um, you know two lines. You have a box. So everyone listen. Draw a box. Draw a box. Put two lines down the middle, and and um, and, and create. Let me see. I'm going to draw it, actually. You draw. I'll explain this. You so draw. Let me draw Just this. Draw let me draw this. So, draw box. After you draw your box, make... Um, how many different windows do we need here? So, ma- yeah. Ma- make your box and then make six windows. So, you have six windows in your box. Your A player... Oh, we're talk about that a sec. So, here, here, here's, here's, where, here's how it works. So you have six, six different windows. Yeah. Your A player is the top right. That is your A player. And so I'm going to determine why they're an A player. So your A player is your top right. Beside your A player, you have a B player. And then yeah. all the other windows are C players. Okay? So the way that the way that that we get to this A player here is on the right side of the box, you're going to write values. So you have values here. And then at the bottom it's performance. So, for people listening, stick with me. Stick with me. <laughs> if if you're visual, you might just not get it, and I'm sorry because I, yeah, I mean, get this. If someone yeah, explained yeah, it, yeah. Maybe, maybe you guys could explain it better. But you have a box. You have six windows. Your A player is the top right, and you have your values and your performance. So, an A player is an A player because they are a highly skilled performer in what your business is, and they are high on your company values. Mm-hmm. And so. A B player is someone that is very high on values and they, 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 they commit to the company culture. They're just not as skilled. So right. an assistant to the journeyman or something would, would be your B player. It's high on values. They want to learn, but they're not there. So for me, um, I thought it, I, I wasn't processing what it even meant to have company values. And so uh, okay. this is something I think we really dove into. Um, company values... I remember Harvard Western Insurance. They have their values written on the wall. Now, it's probably tougher within a big company, but it's like one of their values is like professionalism and integrity right. and shit like that. It's the same. Harvard would love it. But listen, it's the same thing for, for these big companies and whoever. They have these like dumb BS values. It's like one word. It's like, okay, well, like how do you determine who's on this? And so what we did with Hoop Life and Citrus is we, we I mean, the values are virtually the same. We, we said what makes a player an A player. Why? Obviously, it's easy to point out if someone's skilled or not. That's the easy part. Are they good at their job? Yes, no. Okay, if they are, yes. How do they follow our company values? And so for us, our values are like no self-entitlement. That was one value. Mm. Like you're not self-entitled. The other value is um, you only care about the team's team's success. It's not your success. You don't need to win. The team, the company needs to win. Hoop Life needs to win. Citrus needs to win not this employee needs to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I mean, we, we have a few more, but, but the, the big things that it hinges on is, you know, no self-entitlement. You know, you're, you're, you're all in it to win it with the team. You're committed to, to what the team is doing. And so that's the exercise that we put everyone through now. They're either an A player, which is high-skilled, high values, or they're a B player, which is a little lower-skilled, but we can work with that because their values are so high and we'll train right. them to be an A player. Right. So what's your process in determining people's values then within we, your company? We go through our core values 
as as leadership and then we decide if someone fits in that or not we don't know right off the bat okay um in in an interview i mean we can sense and ask these questions but we don't really know what they're like everyone's going to say they're not entitled in an interview Mm -hmm. but then we can really see when they're in action. And so, so you kind of go back, you, you kind of do like a continuous evaluation of them. And if they're not fitting into that, then see ya. See you later. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or give them a chance to work back into the, either the A or the B box. But for us, that is, that is something that we just, we go through all the time. If they don't fit in the, either the A or the B, um, they're gone. And the hardest part about it is what is your company values? Cause I mean, early on, I thought I knew what they were, but I didn't really know what they were. Like for us with Hoop Life, like we, to get really specific, we need coaches and employees that are bubbly and excited to talk to other people that mm-hmm. are, that are smiling all the time. And so I don't think, does that mean that other people that are shy and don't like to smile? Does that mean that they're bad because they don't fit our values? Not at all. But our values are specific to Hoop Life. And I think that for us, our, our, when, when, we, when we look at our values and we determine, you know, who goes where, if somebody doesn't make the cut and they're not an A or B, it doesn't mean that person's not going to be successful. It just means they need to look somewhere else for a different company that has different values. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't know. That's something that we've really come to appreciate and learn and process everyone through because it's, it's just waste so much time. That was one of the biggest failures I've ever had. I've always come down to hiring wrong people, trusting wrong people in those things. And so now mm. we're at a great place. I can confidently say now everyone in our company is either an A or a B, which is great That's to be. Amazing. And I can say that. Yeah. And I hope, and I mean, going forward, it probably won't be because we'll have to, you know, make adjustments. But that's the, the, the goal that we have is right. to get to that point. Yeah, it's near impossible to to know somebody thoroughly enough over an interview to know whether they fit, right? It always takes a bit of an evaluation. This kind of reminds me, I was down at, I was invited down to, um, there's a company within the decking world called National Nail that makes uh, fasteners and products and whatnot. And I was invited down to um, their national sales meetings last year, last winter. And they had just recently hired a new director of marketing or VP of marketing. She was like brand new. Like this was her first sales meetings as well. Mm -hmm. She was, Mm -hmm. I think she was hired six days before. And I remember talking to the president and the joke came up because between the president and the, the VP, the new VP, because he had interviewed her, I think it was 12 times Oh wow! before, wow. <laughs> before he hired her. And there was this running joke how the process was like, whatever it was, two months long, because it was just like interview after interview right. after interview. Because it's like, I guess with a position that high in a company that large, it's like, you don't really, you don't really want to have to take a second crack at that. You're like, you don't want to find out in two months they don't work yeah, exactly. and then start over. So like, yeah, man, 12 times they've had it. That's think it insane. Was, yeah, to make sure they got the right person. And I could tell within, <laughs> I just realized now how, how like, kind of arrogant this sounds. I was like, I could tell within minutes of meeting her, she was amazing. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute, that makes him sound like he didn't know what he's doing. But I think like he nailed it with the selection. Like whatever he did, whatever his process was, he got like somebody mm-hmm. who was like very impressive after listening to her speak for a few minutes. So pretty cool. Um, wow. Do you, you have a plan to kind of expand, you said, you're like looking at facilities or having like uh, who plays centers all over the place, whatever. Um, what is the end goal for you then? And has that changed over time? Like when you started this in 2017, does the, the, f- the vision at the end, has it changed? The, here's the, the crazy thing. It hasn't. It, um, when we started, I remember our website when you'd come to our website, it was like, there was like three different things you'd click on. This is like 2017. It was like, it was like Hoop Life Center, Hoop Life Apparel, and the Hoop Life app. 
And those three things, and it was all centered around the idea of creating these centers, and that yeah. hasn't changed. Our goal of creating successful successful people through basketball hasn't. And so I'm hoping that we can achieve it. And I mean, maybe we have to change it down the line. I have no clue. But in terms of like the big vision, it actually hasn't changed. We've, mm-hmm. we've we're continued to be focused on the same the same vision. Then with Citrus, we're just obsessed with helping camps because I just believe so strongly that camps is so important to our society, to, to mentoring kids, especially in today's yeah. day and age when kids aren't outside being active as much as they were. Yep. And so we need to rely on our youth leaders. And so our whole thing with Citrus is like, we want to empower the leaders of our community. And so those are kind of our two visions. And with Citrus tactically, we just want to get it, it great with software. We don't have to expand really to multiple cities. We can do it all right from yep. great Regina, but that's that's our goal is to get that in the hands. Why do you care so much about kids and their <laughs> success? And I, I, I word it like that on purpose, but <laughs> okay. the context behind <laughs> yeah. the All context right. behind it is like you're twenty six, you were twenty two when you started this. Like why why such a passion for helping kids? Where did the love for kids yeah. come from? Did you come from like a large family that, that really fostered that? Or like cause I just like most people at age twenty two are getting like <laughs> like liquored at yeah, <laughs> get ready to go. The last thing they're thinking about is kids, okay, <laughs> right? Okay, but you've made a complete. Pa- like really you sound as passionate as about about helping kids as you do about the sport itself. Yeah, where does that come from? Okay, this I'm this this I'm gonna unpack this because this is my favorite topic in in the whole damn world. So, okay, so I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna start with me as a kid, and then and then I'll I'll, I'll venture through my journey. Um, and then why I believe it's so important to, to, to pour into our kids and why it's, and what I went through, why it's important. Okay. So I grew up in, in a loving family, both parents, grandparents, one sister. I love my family. My parents are, um, my parents are incredible. That was great. Now growing up outwardly, I probably looked like a kid with, with confidence, normal kid inwardly as a kid, I had little to no confidence. And so this would really mess with me because I didn't feel like I had a voice as a kid. I didn't feel like I could speak up and say what I actually Mm -hmm. think. And I think a lot of kids struggle with the same thing where internally, you know, they're, they're suppressing how they really feel or they're trying to say something else because it's cool or someone else is saying it. They don't feel like they can express their opinions and, and, and they don't feel comfortable to do it. Mm-hmm. They lack confidence. They, they, without confidence, it's, it's tough to be successful. And so for me as a kid, I hated that feeling and not to mention, I hated how a lot of leaders and teachers ha- uh, treated, treated me. Yeah. I don't have like it, kids are kids. I was a shithead of, of a student. However, that being said, I think that teachers need to realize that your ego needs to be at you can't have an ego when you're teaching kids. No. And so when I was a kid, um, I didn't, I didn't vibe very well with my teachers and I don't think they understood me. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the, you know, who, who, who I wasn't. And, and I'm on the outside. I just looked like a, a kid with undiagnosed ADHD doing whatever. And so, so, so I want to unpack it a bit more. So there's two things that really, really 
gave me passion. One was me not feeling confident and the mm-hmm. other one was no leaders around me giving me confidence. Right. So those two things I hated. If I could have, and, and not like, like I don't want to say like everyone around me because there was definitely those core people and, and youth leaders yeah. in my life that poured into me in camps I went to and different things that made me feel, oh, it's okay. I, I hey, I, yeah, I can. it's okay to love myself. It's okay to do this, this. So for me, those were... Uh, those were the big things, not feeling successful and then not having people to pour into me. Right. And so, um, so, so that's where it started. And so because, because of that, um, we, I got so passionate early on about helping kids feel confident and be successful. And so, so now as, as I, as I, as I look back at everything, um, the one big thing that, 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 that I believe in now. And so I'm, I'm going to go off on like a little rabbit tail and then, I'll, and then, and then we'll land it all together. The big thing I believe in is, is everyone expresses emotions in different ways. Mm-hmm. So the emotions that I express as a 26 year old married with one child with two companies are going to be different than an 11 year old kid showing up at hoop life for the first time crying because they're very scared. Right. Or my two year old son who's not getting a cracker and he's really upset about that. Yeah. And so he's going to be screaming. Those emotions are different. And so my wife pointed this out to me early on. My, my son was like crying and he's like, hey, like he, he's screaming. He wants another cracker from the pantry. And I'm like, dude, stop. You're not getting it. And then, and then I just kind of ignore him, walked away and he's crying and crying, crying. And then my wife just looks at me. She's like, these are real emotions he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Like these are real emotions. It clicked for me then because I was like, teachers coaches need to understand the emotions that a 14 year old kid, a 12 year old kid, a 16 year old kid have those emotions are different than their emotions. And just because a 16 year old kid's emotions that they're showing, it might be stupid. They might need, need, need guidance and say that, Hey, don't be upset about this, but those emotions are real. And so now as a kid, is there things that I probably was emotional about? that didn't really matter. Of course, every yeah. kid there is. I think our approach with hoop life and why I'm so passionate about it is because all kids are going to come with different emotions and different baggage. We don't know what kids are going through. If we dismiss some 16 year old kids emotions because he's sad that his girlfriend broke up with him, and we just laugh and tell him like, don't, this is your dumb. Don't, 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 don't um, have these emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Well, maybe, he didn't also tell us the fact that his parents just got in this huge fight and they're getting a divorce right. and he's covering up that story. And so for me as a kid, I remember expressing, I don't know how old I was, 15, 16, something like that. And I remember, I don't even know what I was struggling with, but I just remember expressing myself to one of my teachers, leaders, whatever. And he basically like looked at me and said like, you're an idiot for thinking this, which, what does that make me do? That makes me suppress my emotions. And yep. I'm like, shit, I'm a loser for bringing this up. I can't talk about how I feel. Therefore, mm-hmm. I don't talk about it, which is what I think a lot of kids do. Right. So with Hoop Life, our goal is like, we're going to give you guidance and we're going to be that big brother, big sister for you, but it is okay to say exactly how you feel. There's no mm-hmm. judgment. And with teachers or, or, or coaches, they got to realize this, that kids are not going to just open up overnight. Mm-hmm. And they might open up, but the opening up they're actually opening up with um, air quote is, is, is not actually what they're upset about. And so right. the reason I'm so passionate about it is number one, 
I didn't have confidence as a kid. Number two, I didn't, I, I'm not fond of my, the way that I was led from my teachers or whoever, whoever. And so I believe that with Hoop Life, with youth programs, we could let kids feel okay to express their emotions mm-hmm. and we could hear them out, not call them stupid for having a dumb emotion, make sure that we hear them and tell them that, hey, our emotion, and this, and this is the, what it all breaks down to, and this it breaks down to some business, in my marriage, in whatever. I think that emotions are so important to label it, but not act on it. Mm-hmm. So an 11-year-old kid who comes in who's scared about, about camp, right? We need to come to him and say, man, I remember when I was 11 years old, I can sense and I can feel that emotion with you. I remember when I was 11 years old, I was scared shitless when I was in public. Yeah. I couldn't talk at all. Yeah. Right, except we never swear in front of kids. <laughs> and I remember, and, and, and so, so, so that is the approach we take. And then we say to him, we'd say, him or her, we'd say, hey, like, I remember when I was this age and I remember feeling so, so nervous. But guess what? You're a warrior. We don't have to act on this fear. Label that fear, mm. get it out there. Yeah, you feel nervous and that's cool, but we don't have to act on it. We're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna do this and I'm gonna give my confidence to you mm. and mm. you're going to, be able to be confident. So the role of a coach and a youth leader is like, there is no room for an ego. You can't have an ego. You need to give that confidence into kids. Mm-hmm. And then later when they reach a level of confidence, then they're there, they made it. And now they do the same. Yeah. And so that's the long answer of, of where all the, the passion comes from. Yeah. And so that's what we want to do. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Like that right there, that, that explanation of that, just like who plays bigger, that's way bigger than basketball. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, and that's, and that, and, and it's just a vehicle. If it's a hundred years ago, it wouldn't be basketball. It'd be something else. Yeah. But feel so passionate about creating that confidence. Cause if you create confidence, then if, then if, if, and why do kids generally feel sad? Well, they, they, they don't like to fail, but if they have confidence, they shake it off. Right. And so, what ha- and then in life when they get into their job or whatever, they'll they'll shake that they'll shake that failure off and they'll keep going. Yeah. So that is our purpose, I'd say. That's awesome, dude. I like I've got a thirteen year old who's not he's not an athletic or sports minded kid whatsoever. He's he's more the what is it, left brain? Is that the more great left brain, right brain? Sure. Whichever one it is. He's the more creative like yeah. <laughs> brain. Um I would love to find him something like hoop life. I know that he's not gonna connect with the basketball sports side of it but i mean the lessons and the values that you hold in dealing with kids is like exactly something that mm-hmm. my kid would need right like i i want to put him in hoop life but i know he won't click with like <laughs> sports or whatever but like that's pretty awesome um do you ever find yourself losing control of your emotions a little bit like finding yourself in a kind of mentally negative state and like you seem like you're pretty aware of um, your thoughts and feelings, whatever. Yeah. How do you bring yourself back out of that when it happens? Yeah. Um, this is the one thing I struggle the most with is not, so I, I'm pretty good with, at, with employees, with, with my partners, maybe not so much with my wife, but, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at being able to, understand what emotion I'm feeling and not acting on it. However, right. when I'm by myself, I it's, I'm, I'm terrible. So mm-hmm. if I'm, so there's a few things that I really, that, that I struggle with that I'm really 
look, I want to see what you guys think of your feedback, but there's a few things that like the one thing I, I struggle with is like, I'm, I'm going about my day and then all of a sudden, like some big thing hits you. Like you get some, some, um, like, like some crazy email, right. like of, of someone billing, billing you like $10,000 or something like that. Like, yeah. like one thing kind of like throw me off. And now outwardly, I don't express it. No one really knows. But then inwardly, I can't get back in the zone because mm-hmm. I'm focused on right. on that one little micro piece of anxiety. And so that that is one thing that I'm really working on is is when I feel anxiety over whatever the case, whether it's in my personal life or business or whatever, because mm-hmm. anxieties are going to come all the time. And it, it's they're not timed. We don't know when they're going to come. We don't know what's going to set us off. But that's the one thing that I'm really working on is being able to you know, feel the emotion and not act on it with myself, you know, and right. just move on. So I don't, that, that's yeah. one thing. I, I, I feel similar to that. I, and I've, I also am not a master of it whatsoever, but I've found that just like the worst thing you can do is to not deal with things. Like mm. if something's on your mind and you're just kind of scared of it. And I think naturally, at least I do, I think a lot of people do have the, you try to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Try to, to try to make it go away, but it doesn't go away. Mm. It just sits in the back of your mind, and like yeah. whispers to you the whole time, which then just affects everything else you're trying to think about, which I think is kind of similar to what you were saying. It's like mm. if something gets to you and it just sits there, to, you can't get back in the zone because you got this thing kind of like nagging at yeah. you in the back of your mind. And I find mm. if I just like, okay, you know what? Sit down, take that out, address it, deal with it, and like complete the emotion. You on have it to or finish something. it. Yeah. yeah, finish it off. Then it's like, then you all actually get a boost in the other direction. Mm-hmm. I find, right? And then it's like, then you find, then you have relief mm. over it. So I, it's something I'm working on too. I think that's but amazing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I, I think I heard this from Doctor Phil, all people. The but goat. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was talking about things like negative self-talk, and when you like negative self-talk to yourself in your brain, you'll say that thing like ten thousand times in the span of a second, mm. right? And so if you get it out and complete it you can move it away from your mind, right? Like you might have to only say it once to someone. It's mm. kind of like the idea, like the emotion, like when you're talking about like emotion and anxiety, mm. like, I don't know, figuring out a way to write it down and get it out. I'm just, yeah. That's I'm having that visual right now myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking of my to-do list in the background right now. <laughs> like this is just like all happening in my brain right now. I'm thinking of my to-do list and like your brain's no different than your piece of paper and your to-do list essentially, right? Mm-hmm. If you keep it nice and neat and organized, it's easy to work your way through it. But if you just like, if you just scribble all these little like things that are bothering you on the paper and all of a sudden it becomes messy and then you can't like you're not organized anymore yeah. and like you don't deal with shit and get it off the list. Like that's your brain mm-hmm. essentially. If you just start scribbling negativity on it, like mm-hmm. how can you manage it eventually? This is true. One one thing I started doing is so obviously we get tired. I started I, I never admit to myself that I'm tired. I got I stole this from LeBron. In, 20, <laughs> in 2016 in the finals, he was talking in like his, the, some interview after and he's like, he had, um, he's like in that, cause there was like three minutes where no one scored in game seven of the 2016 finals. Any hoop heads would know what I'm talking about. But um, there was these three straight minutes where no one scored and he said he was so exhausted. He got to the point where he had his hands on, he had his hands on his knees, but he said, I was never going to admit that I'm exhausted or tired. Mm. And I heard that. I was like, damn straight. I'm thinking of when I'm driving at night and I, I don't do this anymore because I remember driving at night um, and I, and I fall, I'm like the worst driving at night. I take caffeine pills because I'll, oh, wow. I'll, I'll fall asleep. So I'm driving at night and I literally admit out loud, like I'm, I'm 
exhausted. Jeez, I'm tired. And in expressing those words, what happens yeah. after I do that? What do you think happens? I'm, I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And so now if it's 3 p.m., 2 p.m., whatever, I'm just like trying to always make a constant effort to never say the T word. Because if I admit that I'm tired, right. I'm done. The day I need to go, you better go nap then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That's one thing I've, 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 I'm working on. That's one thing we tell the kids all the time too. It's like, don't ever say you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. Sunflower seeds, man. That's how you drive at night. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> if I'm going to drive a long way and I'm tired, it's like sunflower seeds and I'm wide awake the whole time. <laughs> like it just yeah, keeps you going. Sure. Man. So, I mean, uh, the way that you talk about like not saying you're tired, that reminds me of like, I hate the word busy. I absolutely hate the word busy. Cause when you say you're busy, you feel like you can't do anything else. Right. Yeah. And it just, it just stops you right there. Yeah. Right. Plus it's just like that whole, you're busy, not busy anyway. Right. You're just, well, and you're not prioritizing things. Right? Exactly. That's, that's, I didn't realize I had a pet peeve with that word either, but <laughs> you brought it out of me right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, okay, man. I, I don't know what else to ask you. This has been so good. Um, if you weren't doing hoop life and citrus, yeah. what would you be doing? Oh man. Um, Obviously not day trading. No, not day trading. <laughs> Damn. Hey. <laughs> well, let's say I, there's two I. ways that this could end. Let's say this didn't work. Like yeah. both companies flop, whatever happens. Or somebody walks in tomorrow and writes a number on a piece of paper and it happens to be the number that. Yeah. Like, right. Okay. And so th- what, what do you do, do instead? Um, okay. So I have a few emotions about that. So if, I've always kind of told my wife if um, we never got a chance to travel, really, we were just like literally married, work, business. Now we're glued. Right. <laughs> we're glued. Yeah. Down. We're not going yeah. anywhere. Yep. And so, um, so if we exited successfully and could happen, especially with Citrus, I mean, like it's um, you want to exit either through an acquisition or through an IPO, and so that would be your goal of, of, of anything I'd say mm-hmm. maybe or, or, or it could just be, you know, to have to, to operate as SMB for X amount of time. That's totally fine. Um, I think if citrus or hoop life was, let's just say someone came and purchased it and Habib and Dave and everyone was fine with it. I would probably take a few months and just travel with my family. Yeah. I would do that just so I kind of have that, like, I mean, the COVID, the pretend we're post-COVID. Yeah, so right. we would, I would do that for like six months and then I would immediately, every day that I'm traveling would be thinking what I'm going to do next. <laughs> and then we would jump straight into something else. <laughs> right. But I definitely would take, I promised my wife, like if we have the opportunity in our lifetime, then we'll take it and we'll yeah. do it. Um, but I can only see that happen, <laughs> happening. Right. If, if um, otherwise, I mean, and, we, and by the way, like, I don't, um, I don't think anyone should start a business to sell it. Like that makes no sense. Mm. It makes no sense. So I think for us, like we're doing it because I'm we're passionate about the issue. Right. And I like to view it as like, I'm a socialpreneur. I'm really passionate about social issues. I'm yeah. also passionate about making money, but I also am really passionate about the social issues that we can do as a company. Right. So if I wasn't doing this, I would just, I would give myself and my family some time and then um, I would hopefully keep working with my same partners with Habib and Dave, and we'd say, "All right, what's next?" And then we would go nice. to the next one. Cool. I have no clue what it'd be, but that's what we'd do. Nice. <laughs> Figure it out. All right. Well, let's get into some of the fun wind down questions here. Do you remember what your first car was? Yeah, hundred percent. I still have it. Yeah. It's a. It was a nineteen seventy Cutlass. Oh wow! I got it when I was fifteen years old, and uh, my dad and I were driving in Moose Jaw. Uh, we got a cabin at Buffalo Pound, and so we were coming through Moose Jaw yep. to like, get some groceries or something. 
I was 15, so I'm like, obviously, 15 is prime age. You're like, you're thinking about a car every a day. Car. Yeah, yeah. So we're driving down the street, and we see this, like, shitty cutlass parked on the side of the street. And so I went I went over, and uh, and, and, and we, like, we looked at it, tried to see, like, if, if, if whatever anyone was around. And so we put a note on it and said, like, if you want to sell this, call me. Seriously? And so, yeah. And so so this guy that, this this guy sound like Winnie the Pooh when he talked to, I'll never forget <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll never forget it. But he calls us. And um, he calls us, and he's this old guy, and he's like, yeah, you, you can buy it. So paid 3000 for it, this shitty old two-door white 1970 Cutlass. My dad um, was a auto mechanic for, like, 10 years. And so he has he has a 68 Chevelle, and he's always had, like, an old car, and that's, like, that's his his passion. He loves it. And so we restored it together, put, like, 10 grand into it, and I still have it. I drive, it every, wow. I drive, it, I drive it every summer. So Amazing. Yeah, that's fun. awesome. Yeah, that's fun. That's really cool. Do you have any um, habits or quirks about you that other people are like, Andrew, dude, like, that's weird. Do you realize you yeah. even do this? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sarcastic, maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm trying to think of like things that, you know, it's funny too. I, um, so, I mean, around my, and really the only friends and like we have, um, we have a, re- like my wife and I have like a really tight group of friends, but most of the people that that we're close with are within the company. Like we're yeah. really, that's our family. That's right. everyone. So I mean like between those people, I think of like the shit they make fun of me for. And um, I think of this like all the time, like <laughs> there's all these like weird quirks my grandpa does. And so I'll just like kind of like mimic it as a joke. But then I'm like, I'm with someone the other day and I'm like, fuck, I sound just like him. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the more that I'm like trying to like whatever, mess around, yeah. <laughs> mess around, I actually do it. But I don't know, like that that, that would probably be one I don't know. There's um, my I, my lunch kit is it, it looks like a purse, and I keep it in the fridge. So everyone calls it like, "Who put their purse in the fridge?" And I'm like, "It's a lunch kit. Damn it's it! I'm trying to be healthy. <laughs> Leave my chicken and sweet potatoes alone." <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's it, that. That's that. That's that. Do you uh, go ahead? Where? What do you do to like relax at the end of the day? It kind of goes with the work life balance. But is there anything that not even at the end of the day, just in at any time? Okay, I. Uh, have to work out at least once in a day or else I'm I, I'm not at my best now I'll be real honest when I so I got married it was 180 pounds I sit after we got married and had a kid I climbed all the way up to 220 welcome to the club wow. buddy oh sorry sorry is that <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a bad thing okay. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a 40 good pound. okay so sorry. because I was busy with the business and I didn't understand about so for me, if I don't work out, I'm not at my best, and then you're gonna, I'm put weight on. So anyways, so I I didn't feel good and I didn't have energy. So for me, I have to work out at least once a day. Um, I have to, and then I I um my wife doesn't really love movies. I like I like a good movie though. So I, love I mean, movies. if I can yeah. if I can like at the end of a night on on like like a Friday night or something, I can get in like a good like crime movie or something like that. Yeah, I'm that that chills me out. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Last question, and you're young enough to actually remember this. Some people struggle, but was there a childhood toy that uh, like the answer can't be a basketball? Yeah. A childhood toy that you have memories around that was kind of like defined your childhood, whether it was like a GI Joe or like a Light Bright or like some sort of nostalgic toy that you can recall. Holy shit! That if you saw it in a store again, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. It's a really good question. Okay, I got one. So Fisher Price made these. Uh, these the laundry machines, these fake <laughs> laundry machines. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. And so 
listen to this. So this is what I think of when I think of childhood toys. So my parents' house, they had the toy room in the basement. So in the basement, uh, in the corner of the playroom, they had these Fisher-Price toys. And so, like, I'm, I don't know how old I was here. I was probably five, maybe, something like that, yeah. right? So young enough to kind of still vaguely remember the toy, um, but not really, not, not, um, I was too young to kind of, like, I can't fully, I, I'm, I'm telling these stories through my, what my parents have said. Yeah. So all of a sudden, my dad, um, so I'm, like, five, something like that. My dad, like, and this is his story, right? So this is him. So he's, he's coming downstairs, and he's like, man, I smell like cat piss. <laughs> What's the smell? What is going on? So he's like, this went on for, like, six months, where every few, every, like, every, every few weeks, he'd smell like piss and so he's like around the house he's sniffing air areas he had someone come look at, at at our at our house to see what's going on and then sure enough he comes down the stairs one day and i'm pissing in this in this, in this laundry machine and so and so that that i always think of that like man i'm gonna be got my eyes on roman my son yeah <laughs> if right you should find if you find one of those someday you'll have to gift that to your dad for christmas no or something shit. Like, yeah <laughs> merry christmas dad um, Andrew, thanks so much for coming by and telling your story today about who yeah, plays Fed Citrus. Uh, this was fantastic. I sorry to keep you so long. Yeah, like this was the, fun, man. The this good ones awesome. we just keep going and going and going, right? So appreciate you. If anybody has any um, curiosities about your businesses, where can they find you? Uh, either just like Instagram, Hoop Life Citrus, um, or you could just go to like citruscamps.com, hooplifebasketball.com. That's where everything is. Cool, sweet man. Thanks for your time. Thank you guys so much. See you guys next week. That was fun. Thank you for listening to another inspirational story of entrepreneurship on The Other 18 with Shane and Bryce. Want to be on the show or know someone who should be? DM us on Instagram at The Other 18 Podcast. Keep grinding.